the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. I would like to ask whoever out there has been playing the real-life version of Jumanji to knock it off. Uh, Finish the game. Get that over with. Tired of the weird stuff going on. Anyway, hope that you had a good weekend. I'd like to know what happened for you over the weekend with the storm and the uh, the earthquake. Uh, Maybe you didn't feel it. Maybe you did. And uh, I joked with somebody last week about, wouldn't it be awesome if we had an earthquake right in the middle of the storm? And sure enough, there it is. I don't remember who you were, but uh, somewhere out there, I put it out there, or maybe it was just in my head. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I'd like to know how you were affected by Hurricane Hillary uh, or Tropical Storm Hillary, the rain that we had over the weekend. And the reason I'm asking this is because I've heard a lot of very different perspectives on this week and how people perceived it. Some people are saying, hey, you know, this was just a uh, a drizzle, hardly rained at all. It was way overblown. And I think a lot of people certainly had that experience. My experience was there's a lot of rain. We got a little bit of wind. I think one branch on one of my trees might have been bent. Uh, and that's what I experienced. And the earthquake was more interesting for me. It was the weirdest thing. I'm standing in my living room and we have like hard floors and uh, one of those uh, those rugs that we got online, the kind that you can throw on the washing machine, which is very convenient. And I'm standing on that and Christy is doing something on the other side. And all of a sudden it felt like I, the rug just moved with me standing on it. And I looked at her and I said, how did you do that? Because I thought, Somehow she moved that rug with me standing on it, which uh, would be quite a feat of strength. Um, Although Christy uh, would find a way if she needed to get that thing moved and I'm standing on it. She'd probably ask me 12 times to do it and I'm watching TV or something else. And she's like, all right, forget it. I'm just going to move it. So it wouldn't have surprised me if there was a way she did that. Anyway, I quickly realized it was an earthquake. That was my perspective. But then I was talking to a friend, and uh, he said he spent the entire day dealing with flooding at his house, trying to clear out drained pipes that were around his house, just trying to save his property. And his day was intense. It was very difficult, and he's tired. I'm looking at him today, and I could see that yesterday was a rough day. So I think we have different perspectives, and I think that is something that's very important as we think about this and lots of other things. Proverbs fourteen twelve says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. And the idea is sometimes we get a perspective based on our own experience and maybe the experience of the people around us in our general area or in our social group. That doesn't always reflect the 
experience that everyone else is having, or even it's not even necessarily the true experience, meaning that there is a bigger story going on. And I know that when I look at the news, there are people, uh, particularly if you're inland, if you're in the mountain areas, some areas were evacuated. There was a lot of flooding. There are freeways shut down. If you're trying to get out out of town, uh, out on the 10, I think it can't. I think that freeway, the 10 out by Palm Springs is still washed out, or it was a little while ago. What was your experience? 888-528-2557. And uh, the good news about the storm is, whatever the case may be, uh, it was at this point, without death or serious injury, here's mayor of Los Angeles. And this is at least Los Angeles. I couldn't find the data for San Diego, so give me a call, San Diego, 888-528-2557. But Los Angeles Mayor Karen Bass had this to say. And reports thus far indicate that as of right now, there have not been any deaths or significant risk of injury. That's really good news. So, you know, I think for most of us, and maybe I should be careful about most of us, uh, a lot of us, it was a rainstorm. It was not really any different than what we experienced this winter, except that it was more rain. I think that all the measurements are in, and it was record-setting in rain, beat record uh, that was set back in 1977 for one day of rain. 888-528-2557. Nikki in Encino, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Nikki. I've spoken with you several times before. I'm a shepherd member. I go ahead, Nikki. Vicky, sorry. Oh, Vicky. Okay. Um, yeah, just calling to just say I thought it was somewhat blown out of proportion, really depending on where you're from. I think if you're from the Midwest or uh, places that have uh, uh, lots of rain, I think it was probably nothing. Yeah. But for people in California, it was a big deal. I think they, the news did kind of blow it bigger than it was, although I know some people ended up with floods, but um, it just didn't feel as big as I thought it was going to be, just because of the height that the news and the media gave it. What did you picture? I would say that in my case, it wasn't what I pictured, at least where I was. What did you picture it being like? I thought it was going to be, I mean, continual all day, just raining, you know, that saying cats and dogs, not being able to drive, I've I've actually in LA have ha, seen it worse. Last year was just really crazy. I guess because it was raining all the time. Yeah. I, um, so I just pictured it a, a whole bunch of things in the streets falling, huge floods. But I saw that last year the floods were even worse. But I don't think California or at least LA is really equipped. Our our drain systems are pretty bad, so there's going to be a lot of flooding. So I, I, I expect it more, but I'm, I'm grateful that we did have the rain and that people survived. I work at LAUSD, so we didn't go to school today. What do you think about that? Was that an overreaction or is that legit? I think at first I thought it was an overreaction, but I also know that some of the schools, um, they flood. Mm. And so meaning the roof, uh, the the rain comes down on the roof, and the problem with that is is that um, then you have to move the kids, and we already have 38 to almost 40 kids in a classroom. You have to, if we can't get teachers um, or subs, which we are very short on both, um, we have to uh, move the kids into different classrooms where they're already packed. Yeah. So I, I, I got, I was like, okay, I, I could see that. And then there's some people who live far away would not have been able to get in. So we don't have enough subs. So I think that's why he reacted the way he did. But at first, I was like, "What? This is weird." Yeah, I was I was I stunned yeah. at that decision. Yeah. But you know, when you think about it, I don't yeah. know. When I was uh, uh, younger, I think they just would have thrown us all in the gym. 
<laughs> right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it yeah. just depends on the school, too, because some, right. some schools, I'm in the Valley, so some schools are even worse than ours. So. Yeah. All right, Nikki, um, thank you for that perspective. Appreciate that very, very much. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557. What was your perspective on the storm? Was it more or worse than what you thought about? Uh, I'm grateful that you know, I think to the extent of the the fear, you know, on Friday when we were talking about it, I think you have to take it seriously. I think you have to say, okay, we have the storm coming and they're saying, you know, catastrophic damage and that kind of stuff. You have to listen to that. And then it's funny because on the social media, I saw different extremes, right? I saw people who were like uh, saying their prayers. They just think this is going to be the end and very worried. You know, we had calls at different perspectives on Friday about that on our show. And then I actually heard people, and this is on social media, complaining and saying there is no storm, saying that we shouldn't trust the media for anything. There's no storm coming. It's all made up. Well, that's kind of interesting to say there's no storm at all. I mean, I realize that an awful lot of the other stuff was wrong, but, you know, that sometimes, you know, things, but clearly the storm was coming. You could go see the satellite, you know, imagery and things like that. 888-528-2557, Karen Bass uh, and other city officials gave this report. We received a total of 4,105 telephone calls to our 911 dispatch center. This is Kristen Crowley. She is representative from LAFD, the fire department in Los Angeles, and this is what they got. We received a total of 4,105 telephone calls for, to our 911 dispatch center, and this represents over 1,000 additional emergency phone calls than our normal average. Only 1,000 more than the normal average? So, I mean, to me, that sounds like there wasn't as much going on. Maybe people are just better prepared for it. Fortunately, we have yet to receive any report of any significant or injuries, I should say, or damage related to the storm. All right. I hope that that is still true. This was a few hours ago, earlier, uh, uh, late morning today. And then the superintendent of LAUSD, Alberto Carvalho, uh, who obviously was very defensive, laid out some defense for closing the schools. And I I wonder what you think about this. Uh, To me, I don't know why you close all the schools. And when I drove here this morning, it was sunny, and I was I was surprised, actually. Uh, I came in earlier than I expected. When I looked at my unreliable weather app, I thought, well, it's going to be rainy and stormy till 11 or 12. That's what it said all day yesterday. And then when I left, I looked out the window this morning. I'm like, it's I need to get in now. This is not uh, what it was. You know that picture? Have you seen that picture of Dodger Stadium that's on the news where it looks like it's in a lake? And people, it's all over social media. Like the parking lot is just filled with water. And this is the floating in L.A. Uh, that's not right. The L.A. Times actually demonstrated today that there was it was wet because it was raining. But it was the photo that was taken from a helicopter. Uh, it was just seeing the reflection of the water, you know, of light. But it, there was no flooding at Dodger Stadium. None at all. And when they took the same picture today, in fact, the uh, L.A. Times reporter, somebody actually doing some reporting, went up there. It was completely dry, like, and that's what it was when I came to, to work this morning. I was stunned. Maybe it's not where you are. Once again, it's perspective. My perspective was I'm amazed that the schools are closed. I mean, maybe not some of them. Like some of them, uh, in fact, our last caller, uh, Nikki, you know, I think she's pointing out some of the schools have bad roofs, right? And those roofs might be full of water and they're going to leak everywhere and it's a mess. I do think that in my day, and back in my day, I hate it that I'm the age where I say stuff like that. Back in my day, back in my day, though, they would have. They would have thrown us all in the gym. 
There's no way school got canceled. In fact, I was reminded that I was one year I was driving to school and it was snowing and we felt pretty sure that it was going to be a snow day. And I lived up in Palmdale, okay, uh, and uh, which is a good place to be from. And uh, I'm driving to school, and I'm enjoying it in the in the snow. I drove a 1981 Honda Civic, uh, definitely a vehicle not prepared to drive in the snow. And uh, I'm driving, and I got friends in the car, and we're laughing, and we're skidding around the road. I get to school, and I pull in, and some of the people are pulling out, and. The discussion was, is there school today or not? We kind of expected with all the snow and it was beginning to stick on the ground. Yeah, they're probably going to cancel it. Well, I heard from friends that there is no school and I witnessed a whole bunch of people leaving, a whole bunch of students leaving the school. And so I did. I went home and uh, I got home. And the next thing I know, it's about 11 o'clock and it stopped snowing altogether. And by the afternoon, it was even sunny. It was a it was a perfect day. And then the next day I discovered that the school was not canceled. But more than half of the students just went home. They or they didn't show up. Uh I think in my day it was it was just harder to cancel and I'm wondering here's what uh the uh, superintendent had to say today. Uh, some will say that we dodged the bullet. Uh, I will say we dodged a weather bomb. Wait, what is that? What do you mean we dodged a bullet or we dodged a weather bomb? What? <laughs> I don't think we dodged anything. I think there was maybe a weather bullet, right? It just is what it is. We didn't, we didn't do anything to alter what the storm was. Uh, some will say that we dodged the bullet. Uh, I will say we dodged a weather bomb. Uh, the, dynamic, the dynamic conditions that kept shifting on us with some degree of unpredictability specific to rainfall, the possibility of flash floods, the possibility of mudslides. Did you get those weather, those alerts on your phone? I, I'm looking at uh, people nodding at me on the phone. I have those shut off. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, Wilbert, did you have any of those? Yeah. So when the, uh, when the earthquake hit, yeah. I thought my, jo- my dog jumped on the bed. Whoa. Because, <laughs> you know, she's a little chunky Frenchy. Yeah. So, so I thought she jumped on, and I'm like, was that you? And then she's sitting there laying next to me. I'm like, that wasn't you. And then my phone went off. And your phone, yeah. And uh, Jose, what did you get these? They're really loud. So my, my yeah, son's phone, they're on. alerts. But also when the earthquake alert hit me, I had a smoothie right next to me, and uh, I just chugged it all down because I'm like, I don't want this smoothie to, to spill over. So I had some time. <laughs> the alert so saved my smoothie. The alert saved your smoothie. So your reaction in an earthquake is make sure you don't waste your smoothie. And it was probably $9, so, you know, I get it. Well, it was actually homemade. Oh, homemade. Well, you know, it was probably $7 then, the way, uh, the, depending on the fruit Priceless. you put in there. Yeah, 888-528-2557. What, what, what I'm talking about here is different perspectives. So, and I think it's important because some people are, are mocking uh, the storm, and there's some funny stuff out there, and I get it. And, and nobody's died, it looks like, and there's some, there's some damage, and, and some people had a terrible time with the storm. So I want to be very sensitive about that, particularly if you're in mountain communities or if you are in the, the desert communities, you got hit pretty hard. And uh, some, it's, Hil- it's Hurricane uh, Hillary, of course, and uh, somebody said that uh, it rained a little bit, but uh, all of my emails on my server got deleted. Uh, that's pretty funny there if you kind of know your politics. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Superintendent of LAUSD continued. Uh, not knowing uh, where that would occur or when across 
uh, our large school system, which spans 700 square miles, put us in a position of making the right decision yesterday. I know some will uh, criticize the decision, but decisions are informed by scientific data and conditions as they are presented to us, based on the best information available. So he's talking about – he probably has the same weather app I have because the weather app I had was predicting things to be much worse. You use one of those weather – I have this app, and I'm looking at it, right? And I'm looking at it on Saturday, and I'm kind of tracking it, and I'm trying to figure out – it said I was supposed to have 20-mile-an-hour winds, sustained winds for several hours on Saturday and into Sunday. I think we had significant winds for about an hour, and uh, that was it. Then we just had – we did have an awful lot of rain. Um, but it, it did sort of alter, you know, what are we going to do? We went to church Saturday night. Our church has a Saturday night service, and we went uh, Saturday night. And uh, we kind of – we go Saturday night anyway, though, a lot. It was just sort of uh, like, eh, well, let's go Saturday night this time uh, just in case. And some churches didn't have services. What did your church do? Did your church not meet or did your church meet? 888-528-2557 is the number. And talking about the perspective. Now, I know that some of you have had had a rough weekend because the roads were blocked or you got washed out or you did have some flooding. And we have to be sensitive to that, I think, in an era where we, we are cynical and we want to mock things. And, you know, I'm I'm a person who makes jokes, and, and sometimes that gets me in some trouble. So I, I want you to know I'm, I'm aware of that. This is This is... A critical discipline, though, in life to be able to get perspective. And I think we are, we are lacking that. We, just as a culture in general, we, I think a lot of our division left and right is because we don't listen, right? We don't listen to the other side. We don't listen to uh, whatever that other side is. And sometimes we misinterpret what somebody else is thinking, or we say things that, you know, it went well for us and we assume it, that everyone had that same perspective. Or it didn't go back well for us and we assume everyone else had that same perspective. There is something critical about this. Scripturally speaking, there is a lot that is said about having a good perspective. Um, and most of the time it's talking about having the perspective of what really this world is about right? So Proverbs is a book that's going to give you wisdom for how to live your life. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, but its end is the way to death. What that is saying is that sometimes you think something is true and you live by that, but then that path is death. And it's because you have the wrong perspective or the wrong worldview. You can have a, a spiritual perspective that is wrong. That seems right to you, though. Like what's, you know, sometimes people have an objection to Christianity, and that objection isn't the Bible or history. It's that it usually begins with, well, I can't believe in a God who blank, right? Just fill it in with whatever. I can't believe in a God who would allow suffering. I believe in a God who would allow for storms like this to even happen. I can't believe in a God who would let this to happen. Sometimes it's very personal, right? It's, it's you know, I don't believe in God because— I he didn't answer my prayer, uh, and sometimes it's a serious thing, right? We or we have something that we're suffering, or somebody died, or we lost a kid, and it's a it's a tough thing to reconcile. Other times, though, to be honest, I've heard an awful lot of people who, when you really get into why they're not Christians, it's because they went to church on a Sunday and they said some prayers and asked God to do something, but by Friday it didn't happen, and so they just gave up. You know, or or maybe not that extreme, right? But but. For some people, like, well, God's not working for me. 
And I tried Christianity. I tried to follow Jesus, but it wasn't working for me. So now I'm going to try this other thing. And the problem there is perspective. Because if you think that the reason that it didn't work out for you is because God doesn't love you or God doesn't exist, or you ask God for something and it doesn't happen, and that somehow means that God doesn't exist, well, that's a, that's a perspective that you have, that somehow God is your servant or like a genie in a lamp, and he's, if you, you know, take the Bible and you, you have a good leather cover on it and you, you polish it up three times and then the Holy Spirit comes out and you can ask for three wishes, and uh, it doesn't work that way. And if you have the right perspective of what the Scriptures say, and you recognize that God's ways are not our own, and you recognize that the Scripture makes promises like Romans 8.28, and we know that those who love God, uh, all, that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. You know, there's a lot in that to unpack. And all things working out for the good is hard to unpack when things don't go the way you want or you do suffer in different ways. Uh, but it still comes back to the same thing. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. When we are defining what is true based on our own opinion, based on our own experience, based on what it is we would do if we were God or if we were the, the truth maker, it's going to lead us to a, a bad place. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557. What has your experience been uh, in the storms? If you had a different perspective, we'd love to hear that. Some people's perspective on this storm has been that this is a sign of climate change, that this is evidence that we're going to have climate change. When we come back in a minute, we'll talk about that perspective. And is it right that this storm is climate change, the Maui fires are climate change, and every time we have some kind of weather event that we should say, this is it, this is the new normal? Heard that an awful lot this weekend. Is that the right perspective, and you know, or does it distract from what might actually be going on with the climate or with the things that are a part of that? See, perspective begins to matter a lot. And I'll share that with you when we come back. The number is 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Because the fact of the matter is there's a beast at our door. And that's the beast of climate change. It seems like the whole world is on fire. We need to defend ourselves from climate change. We need to to decarbonize our economy so these fires don't ravage us. There's not enough fire trucks in the world to protect us if we don't stop climate change. That is uh, yesterday the governor of Washington State, Jay Inslee, who is thinking of Hurricane Hillary and the fires in Maui. There's also a bunch of fires happening right now in Canada, so right above him. And he's blaming the whole thing on climate change. And I'm very – I'll give you some statistics about where scientists tend to agree, even skeptical ones, on what climate change is and what it isn't. But it seems to me that every time we have a hot day or a cold day or a storm that's unusual or something – or a fire or something, that it's climate change. And to me, that that takes away from any – any real discussion on that subject that ought to be had when we just take every event or some event that fits a narrative that we want and we say, see, 
uh, I don't think the storm was climate change necessarily, or we don't know that. The reason is, is it's not completely unusual. This is uh, uh, Andrea Mitchell on NBC. Let's start with Tropical Storm Hillary. This is a first. No, it's not a first. It's not a first at all. We had one in 1939. We had one in 1848. In fact, I looked up all the different hurricanes and storms that have hit California. There's actually been quite a lot as far back as you can go into records, at least back to 1854. And I know there's scientific evidence about other things. To me, if we start having this kind of event, you know, more often than every 100 years or every 80 years or so, then maybe there's something to be said, right? But when you just have one that's actually right on schedule. You know, frankly, as far as we know, with the records of this type of storm hitting California, it's right on schedule. Let's start with Tropical Storm Hillary. This is a first. Why is this storm so notable for California? And what's it say about what lies ahead? She's interviewing a uh, controversial climate uh, uh, guy named Professor Michael May. This is climate change. We're seeing it now in all of its forms. In, you know, the wildfires in Canada, what happened in Maui. Uh, Have there never been wildfires in Canada? I guess this is what I'm, I'm just dealing with, right, is just because there are some big fires up there. Okay, we had big fires in Southern California a few years ago, but we didn't have real major ones last year. We had a couple, you know, what was it, 2007, 2003, major fires in California. Like, it was terrible, but we haven't had anything as bad as that, at least throughout the state. Right. Is the climate not changing now? Is it you know, that that's what I mean by that, is that it's just an odd, an odd place to go with it. The flooding rains that we're now seeing in California, um, you see greater extremes at both ends of the spectrum. So he's just arguing that everything is is worse, but he backs out of it a little bit. You know, this is it. Uh, greater extremes at both ends of the spectrum, whether it's this very rare hurricane and, you know, the statistics of uh Uh, Pacific hurricanes, hurricanes that uh, sort of go in that direction are small enough um, that when we use models to estimate, you know, uh, how likely they are, it's sort of hard to really establish whether there's a trend or not because they're such rare events. Yeah. See, there's uh, it's right now the trend is about every 80 years or so. And it seems to be right on schedule to me. Whether or not climate change is affecting us in some catastrophic way, you can't just take something that actually is on schedule that actually seems like it's in the normal of what we've had for 200 years of records and say somehow this is evident. And and the problem isn't – this is why perspective matters. We've been talking about perspective and trying to get a perspective on things in this world because – it's how you deal with what is true. It's how you make wise decisions. You've got to listen to the people who are saying things about climate change. What happens if we really do have only 12 years to go? That clock never seems to start. You notice it's always 12 years, but it's not 11 years left, 10 years left, 8 years left. Oh, my gosh, there's only 7 years left. It just keeps getting pushed out. And it's because when you study and you get into what actual scientists publish, which is not typically what we hear in the media, actually, even scientists who believe that global warming is on the more catastrophic side of things. You know, they they acknowledge that long-term climate models have always been wrong. They're just always completely wrong, that we struggle scientifically with how to do that. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Ted in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yes, sir, Pastor Scott, Ted, to the Angels, uh, I just I wanted to get back to the perspective. You know, I lost about fifteen hundred dollars worth of tools out of the carport last night. Wait, wh- and you know why what is I that? Why is that? Well, you know, In criminals the- there. You got robbed. Pretty- 
I got robbed last night. I've been robbed before, and, and criminals are sneaky. And, uh, you know, it, it's just like the raccoons in L.A. They, they're becoming a problem. They come out at night. They're really difficult to identify because they all, they all seem to be wearing masks. Wait, what are you talking you know, about? So, you mean like actual raccoons or thieves? What do you mean by this? Well, I'm being, I'm, I'm actually being uh, comical that you know. Well, uh, let's be careful about about how we're describing it. So you got you got uh, you got robbed last night. Does it has anything to do with a storm? In the storm, they you know they they jump the fences and they go around the back and they clip the the chain for the uh, electric, uh, you know, carport gate. And, you know, and they, they took about $1,500 worth of tools, but I made so much money. I'm talking about perspective. I mean, those tools fed me and it's like, it's a write off. I can write it off. I can go get a new one. Did you call the cops? I I have not. I tried today. You know, you can't get through, but I can go online and make a report for the statistics but as far as getting it back yeah, I mean, they're, they're not going to do anything probably but you should make a report ted you know on that, that I will would be make, my perspective yeah just yeah, to let right. everybody know so all right ted, all. i just want to talk perspective. all right ted thanks for your call 888-528-2557 888-528-2557 uh you know when it, we talk about the climate change aspect of it uh, it's not whether or not there's climate change, but I wonder what kinds of things we believe because of what's in the media. Like, do you think that there have been more hurricanes or less in the last few years? Like, relatively sp- speaking, if you go back to 1851, where they started keeping track of the stuff, uh, and this I'm going to give you some stuff from the National Hurricane Center. Okay, this is government statistics. Okay, uh, have there been more or less? Are are hurricanes increasing or decreasing? Are they increasing in their strength or are they staying the same? What is the case? 888-528-2557. John in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, John, second time call. I'm sorry, Pastor Scott, this is John, uh, second time calling Hi, in. John. Um, hey, uh, I really like this topic that you're covering. Um, I just wanted to make a comment that sometimes uh, being a scientist myself, I feel like I've been around uh, enough scientists to, that there is some, they tend to push and exaggerate some of these, the data. And really, sometimes it, it tends to be that scientists think they're stronger than the Bible, stronger than God. We really don't know. You know, we can collect all the data we want, but honestly, if you if you put yourself, you know, in your position where we don't really know, honestly. You know, they make these claims. We know millions of years of data. We don't set of data points to say, hey, we know what happened 60 million years ago. But you hear these crazy claims all the time. Like, I heard this weird claim, like, we know what happened 60 or the Big Bang. You know, it's like we really don't know. Um, it's a, like it's said, a theory based yeah. on what can be observed or understood the best we can. What kind of scientists are you, John? Uh, I, I studied uh, bio biology mm-hmm. and uh, I did some um, some research during school um, and uh, I heard from professors you know they told me that a lot of times scientists tend to skew their results so I was in you know research labs where you know the data is manipulated to a certain extent to make a claim fit the you know the paper that's trying to get published so I know for a fact that there's a lot of, you know, mis- misleading information out there. So for everyone else that's 
you know, listening, uh, just be aware that we don't really know what's going on. And we could just say that God, really, God only knows what's happening. And science is just limited form of what's actually happening. You know, the Bible is stronger than science. Do you think that uh, most scientists? Do you think that most scientists, yeah. people who are just working and doing research, but they're not trying to get government grants on controversial subjects, do you think that most scientists actually work hard and try to come to the best conclusions um, according to the evidence of their research, and that it's just a few that are really uh, maybe skewing things or certain things at the top because of a political agenda or the agenda for? for advocacy of certain things or money? Yes, I believe uh, the majority of scientists are trying to get grant money, which is, you know, it makes sense. That's their, their living. They're trying to get grant money and publish papers. So they need to, to, it's like a production line. You have to maintain a certain amount of publications. You have to meet your quota. So, of course, they're going to skew the results. And, you know, if you look on YouTube and other places, you'll see independent scientists in people that don't really have that, you know, they're not looking uh-huh. for grant money, you'll start to see other data coming out that doesn't match up with, you know, with, uh, you know, the stuff that... But how do I... Scientists. I've got a question yeah. for you here, though. How do I know? If I, I want to be careful about just going to YouTube, right? If I go to YouTube and look yeah. for someone's explanation of the gospel, I'm going to get all kinds of crazy stuff. I'll get some really good stuff, and I'll get some <laughs> stuff that's nuts. If I'm not a scientist, or in that example, if I'm not a religious person, how do I know if the person I'm watching on the YouTube machine is uh, any good? That, that's a very good point, and then that's the dangerous part where we need to be careful um, where we get our information from. But yeah, that's a really great point. Unfortunately, we don't really have much, you know, who can we rely on, really? That's the main question. Yeah. Um, but you just have to be careful what you're listening to, not, not be too gullible, but always, you know, make your best judgment and uh, trust in, in Jesus and that, you know, whatever's happening is, is just God's plan, I guess, sure. and that not, you know, well, it's, it's how you get per- It's how you get perspective. Yeah. Thank you, John, for your call. I appreciate that very much. 888-528-2557. I think for sure there's an advocacy problem in the scientific area where there are papers published or things that are changed because of politics, grant money. It's a problem. It's a really big problem. But I also think that there's a lot of great scientists out there, some who are Christian, some who are not, but who are really doing science. You know, I think that we have to be careful about tossing uh, everything that is science into a uh, a bad bucket. Uh, I got to take a break. When we come back, I'll read something to you from uh, a scientist. He was a scientist at uh, MIT, and his name is Richard Lindzen, and uh, he just gives three different perspectives going on about climate change that scientists, uh, three different buckets that a scientist might be in. I think those are important for us to know if we want to get some perspective on this subject. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Number is 888-528-2557. We'll be back as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. I clicked the wrong thing. What was the, uh, there was a, I must have clicked, I had a great line from uh, the governor. Not a great line, but something I laughed at. Maybe this is it. Hold on a second. Up truck. And so, Mr. President, I appreciate your comments uh, about uh, common sense. Just Oh, he's talking about common sense. Okay, so this is the the right thing. It's what he says at the end that kind of made me laugh. Your best, be safe, 
Uh, if you don't have an essential reason to be out there, don't. And, you know, if you're passing the CHP, which I was with, maybe you want to slow down. That made me laugh because on the way in today, people were flying. This, I think because the schools are out and because I think a lot of people probably stayed home from work today, maybe because they really had a reason to stay home or because, hey, I can stay home today. I'm just going to tell them a tree fell across my driveway and I ain't going in. Whatever the reason, nobody was out there and people were driving 100 miles an hour. I got into the studio. My commute in the morning is anywhere from a minimum of 38 minutes to an hour typically to get in here. And I got here in like 20 minutes. Not really. It was like but 38 minutes on the nose from my driveway to the time I was in here, and people were flying past me. It reminded me – was that you, Jose? Jose said that was him. That's why you got here before I did today. I, guess. Uh, I you... was uh, doing 90 listening to some Lady Gaga. You're 90 listening to some Lady Gaga. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of during the COVID when they shut everything down. Some of us were out. I was out all the time every day. Nobody's on the freeway except some guy, you know, in a uh, uh, Ford Bronco doing 112. It, and people zigzagging, driving everywhere. It was like that this morning. 888-528-2557. We're talking about perspective. So I wanted to share a, a perspective on the, the climate change issue because it's this weird thing where every time something – there's a lot of issues where this happens, by the way, where anytime something happens that fits the narrative that maybe you might want to be pushing or somebody, you just jump on it. And every time we have a hot day, a cold day, a storm that's unusual or something, it's climate change, Right. That doesn't mean there's not climate change, but you can't just take every instance of something and say that it's because of some catastrophic thing that might be coming. And, for example, this storm is right on schedule. About every 80 years, we have this type of storm that hits California. And, you know, if it starts to happen more often, then maybe there's a point, but it's not. Anyway, so this guy's name is... Uh, uh, Richard Lindzen, and he's a em emeritus professor of atmospheric sciences at MIT. And he puts, he puts climate scientists into three buckets. And I think these are pretty good. And I've read a lot of this stuff that uh, these scientists put out. And I think he's probably about right. So one group is associated with uh, part of the United Nations that's called the International Panel on Climate Change, or IPCC. And that group is what publishes a lot of the stuff that the, the news will go on, although they typically publish a couple of different reports. And one is sort of the more emergency one, you know, the more alarmist version. The other one is a lot less. It's really interesting to me that even that group of scientists, if you read everything they publish, it's a lot less alarmist than uh, some of it. But anyway, they their perspective, and that's what we're talking about right now, their perspective is that climate change is primarily due to man's burning of fossil fuels, oil, coal, and natural gas. And this releases carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, and they believe that this might eventually dangerously heat the planet. And the eventually is where even some of those scientists disagree, eventually next year or eventually in 200 years. You know, there's a whole difference of perspective that they have. Uh, group two, according to this guy at MIT, is that another group of scientists who don't see the carbon dioxide as an especially serious problem. And that's the group he says that he belongs to. He says we're usually referred to as skeptics, except that we're not actually skeptics. We just think that there's a lot more going on with climate change, the sun, the clouds, the oceans, the orbital variations of the Earth, as well as the myriad of other inputs. He says none of those things is fully understood and therefore 
there's not really proof or evidence even, he says, that CO2 emissions are the dominant factor in climate change. But here's something that I think is important from a perspective standpoint, at least what he has to say. He says this is where both groups of scientists agree. Now, remember, there's a third group. He's going to talk about that in a second. He says that that even the the UN group that believes that it's fossil fuels that are our problem and the other group that says, nah, it's probably not the fossil fuels that are a problem. He says, here's where they agree. He says, number one, they agree that the climate is always changing. And if you look at long histories of the earth that get published of different things, you know, you, you see ice ages and you see warming periods and you see all kinds of different things. The climate is always changing. Uh, carbon dioxide, number two, carbon dioxide is a greenhouse gas, gas without which life on earth is not possible. But adding to, adding to it in the atmosphere should lead to some warming. You know, scientists don't all say that mostly they don't say that it's not doing anything. They just disagree on how much it's doing. And if it's doing relatively little or a lot, you get a whole bunch of different perspective. Um, atmospheric levels of, of CO2 have been increasing since the end of the Little Ice Age in the 19th century. So both sets of scientists agree with that. Over this period, in the past two centuries, the global mean temperature has increased slightly and erratically, about 1.8 degrees Fahrenheit or 1 degree Celsius. But only since the 1960s have man's greenhouse emissions been sufficient to play a role. That's what he says most of these scientists in these different groups agree with. And then given the complexity of climate, no confident prediction about future global mean temperature or its impact can be made. And that's been true. You know, the reason that we've had global warming, the reason that we were headed into an ice age back in the 70s. Remember that there's always somebody always posts this uh, Leonard Nimoy special, you know, Spock, who says, you know, human beings are going to freeze to death. Remember that movie? I think it was 2012 where they're like running through New York and the ground is freezing behind them all of a sudden. Uh, All of those predictions have been wrong. Go back and watch Al Gore's movie. Uh, what was that called? Uh, the Day After Tomorrow. Oh, yeah, the Day After Tomorrow. That's not the Al Gore movie, but inspired by it. The Al Gore movie was uh, Inconvenient Facts or Inconvenient Something. I think it was Inconvenient Truth. Something like that. Anyway, none of it turned out to be, I shouldn't say none, but most of it just turned out to be wrong. All of the long-term predictions were wrong. And that's because there is a lot of things that people just don't understand. And so all scientists, when you peel apart the political agendas and the media and stuff, even the ones who think that we've got to get rid of fossil fuels right away, they also agree that the long-term prediction of future climate is not possible. Did you know that? See, there's, and I'm, I'm telling you this because I don't want us to discard all scientists because some do some stuff, okay? Um, neither group, according to this guy at MIT, thinks that the burning of fossil fuel leads to, is teaching that the burning of fossil fuels leads to uh, catastrophe, All right. So the reason he says that we tend to think that is because of the third group. All right. The third group is a group of people who are into global warming alarmism and it's politicians. It's people who are uh, into it for money and power, environmentalists who get money for their organizations, he says. And uh, and they have almost a religious devotion to the idea that this destructive force is coming. And for the media, the ideology, the money and the headlines sells clicks. Right. That is something that I think when we don't get a perspective, because my thought about this weekend is we really should have had a better. And I think we could have had. I think that they could have said, hey, if you're in the deserts, if you're in the inland, if you're in the cone area of this storm, there's going to be flooding. There's it's going to be you. You need to pay attention to that. Be careful. of Trees falling down. Realize there's going to be traffic problems and flooding in certain areas. That's true. But also in some areas that are in this path, there's going to be just a lot of rain. 
and you can enjoy your day. Just be careful out there for trees or some flash flooding and different things. We did. We went out. We went out on Sunday afternoon and right in the heaviest part of the storm. And we, my Christy and I and the boys, we went out to a coffee shop. We got a coffee, got the boys this chocolate muffin that I refrained from. And uh, so, you know, I get a gold star for that. I think this guy is is right that this third group of people is not typically the scientists, although they're the group of people that pull some scientists in with with grant money and other stuff that pull in people to alter their data or not publish things well because of that money. There's a lot of money. So just be aware of this. Now, this guy is a, a, a professor of atmospheric sciences at MIT. He believes that the climate is warming, and uh, he just puts this, I think, into some pretty good perspective. How many hurricanes have hurricanes been increasing? That's what I keep hearing for years, right? The hurricanes are increasing. And the data, though, from the National Hurricane Center says they're not. Uh, in fact, there are less hurricanes coming on uh, into the United States now than there were uh, 70, 80 years ago. Did you know that? Uh, there were uh, 19 in the last decade, 2011 through 2020, that made landfall, hurricane uh, one, two, three, four, and five, the different levels, 19. Four of them were a major, three, four, and five. In the decade before that, it was 18. In the decade before that, it was 14. Sounds like it's growing, right? Decade before that, it was in the 1980s, it was 15. In the 1970s, it was 12. The 1960s, it was 12. But in the 1950s, it was 17. In the 1940s, it was 24. In the 1930s, it was 21. Then in the 1920s, only 14. Then in the 1910s, is that what you say? Uh, 20. The aught one through 1910, there was 21, 21, 18, uh, 91 to 1900. So it's actually less today than it was before. That's the actual same government numbers. I find that to be interesting since every time there's a hurricane, somebody's saying global warming. We need to have a right perspective on all of these things. And the way you do that is you look at data, you read what people actually publish and realize that there is a group of people, probably on both sides, by the way, that have a, a media agenda or an agenda, you know, for getting grant money and other stuff. We got to fight against that, too, because it is not a good thing. All right. Wherever you are, I hope that you are safe and that you haven't suffered too much uh, damage. It doesn't sound like there were any deaths related to the storm, and that is good. And uh, the damage is minimal, although there is some in different places. I think that is Really, really good. All right, when we come back, I'm going to ask you this question. Do you feel safe in your city uh, because of the crime rates? Do you feel safe or do you feel less safe than you did or more safe than you did before? And another discussion on a different kind of perspective when the Pastor Scott Show continues. You can watch the Pastor Scott Show now on KKLA.com. If you miss an hour of the show, you can get the podcast. Look for the Pastor Scott Show, and you can follow us on social media at Pastor Scott Show. Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Monday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.